Hello and welcome to a Saturday, March 25th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Harris, and for what, the first time this season? You know, you've been seeing me with uh, with Ramiz, I've had a couple with Keith, I've had a couple with Kenny as well, but today I get to make an introduction to my guy, Jamie. First time we're going to get to sit down together for a podcast. How are things going, man? Thank you for that introduction, Harris. I appreciate it. Things are going well. Uh, I was able to listen to some of your solo pods this week, and you were totally killing it. So I'm looking to to join it up with you and seeing what I can add. But yeah, um, you've been you've been you've been nailing it, man. I love it. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been it's been good fun. This entire season's kind of been a uh, a roller coaster as far as actually knowing who the heck's going to show up on the day. So I always kind of worry about those morning podcasts. I know we're doing this one the night before as well. But you know what? You got to take the information that you have and uh, try to put out the uh, good stuff out there. But it gives me a perfect opportunity to plug in our good old sportsethos.com DFS pass. Man, you guys got to get yourself on there because apart from just listening to us on the podcast, you get access to not only the amazing DFS content that's on the site itself, but you get onto the Discord to ask the pros all the way up until lineup lock so that you can keep track of the injuries and the last-minute changes that are going to make all the difference to your lineup. And, of course, the live injury report that's there on the site itself. So give yourself that edge. Get yourself ahead of the game and subscribe to that DFS pass on sportsethos.com. So today on the Saturday itself, looks we have six games altogether, but it is kind of split up here. We have kind of the one showdown slate, a bit orphaned game on its own with the Atlanta Hawks taking on the Indiana Pacers on that. And then we get into kind of the main five-game slate there. Now, if you're like me, you're probably – looking more at the main slate, those five games, and probably focusing more of your energy on that. But for those who are kind of into that one-game showdown, like picking that MVP and see how you can kind of give yourself the best shot there, we do have that Indiana-Atlanta game, which is going to be happening slightly earlier in the day, about 5 p.m. Eastern time tip-off there. And uh, Jamie, I'll, I'll let you start a little bit on that, uh, just a kind of brief overview. Who are you liking from that matchup there? Anyone you're specifically targeting as far as that is concerned? Yeah, I think the first thing to note is that Tyrese Halliburton did play today. So I would, if I had to guess, I would I would gather they're not going to play him on a back-to-back. So he's probably out. There's information on that yet. DeJounte Murray is off the injury report. So I guess as far as the captain spot, that kind of clouds it up a little bit, um, kind of splits the baby. Um, so, you know, obviously the safest captain to go with um, is, you know, just rolling Trey. Um, as a sneaky captain, especially in this matchup, I don't mind uh, Miles Turner. Because we know he can go off, um, and I, you know, I can imagine he's just—he's not going to get a lot of roster ship at the captain. And then what? What I what I like this slate is—is is, you know attacking Atlanta um, bigs because Indiana is just a smash play um, as far as the bigs on the other side. Um, so Capella uh, in this this one gamer, he's uh, 9,300, and then Akongwu, uh, he's he's a uh, five five thousand or five hundred rather, or no, yeah, five thousand. But yeah, so Akongwu just like pretty cheap. Um, Indiana just very exploitable for the bigs. And then Isaiah Jackson, I think he's worth touching on. He's played between 16 and 27 minutes, four out of his last five games. The other game, he played one. So <laughs> he's he's like a you know a GPP separator. Um, if you can get that big Isaiah Jackson game off the bench, um, if things get out of hand and the Hawks show up and start acting like they want to be in the play, which by all indications they do, but you know then they come out and lose to the Spurs and blow a big lead. So. <laughs> So some interesting plays in that slate if you want to mess around with that, but definitely attacking um, a very exploitable Indiana front court with the Atlanta bigs. Yeah, exactly. And obviously with the back-to-back itself, you have to consider mm-hmm. just how 
good Indiana is going to be in terms of being able to keep it up. Atlanta is playing at home where they have been much better than they have been on the road. And I mean, Indiana's coming off a, what, 25 point loss today to the Celtics. So obviously we don't have the totals just as of yet, but you know, if, uh, if Halliburton is in fact going to be out and, you know, things are looking like we're going to be running more of their reserves. We could see more of a blowout kind of scenario on here. I hate game scripting on this, but that's where you want to start looking at uh, who some of these uh, bench you guys could be getting as far as a couple of extra minutes are concerned. That being said, Trey himself is questionable for this game with his uh, with his calf, right? So we got to keep an eye on see if he is, in fact, not going to play. But uh, I think he's been a questionable a couple of times and hasn't really right. missed the game since February. So let's see how that ends up going as far as that game's concerned. But let's jump right into the main slate then, the one where I'm sure the vast majority of research has been done on here. So a five-game slate, you know, starting a little bit later in the evening at 8 p.m., kind of first tip-off uh, if you're in the eastern side of the uh, of the coast over there. But the first one is Brooklyn going into Miami to take on the Heat over here. Now, as far as uh, totals are concerned, and we were looking at it earlier, so far we've got two totals in this one, and uh, this is one of the games where it does have it out. Looks like we're looking at a 222 total for this game with the Miami Heat and a favor to win by five and a half on here. And I'll, I'll get you to kind of talk about this first as well, Jamie, what you're liking, uh, any kind of main guys you're targeting as far as this matchup's concerned? I think in general, I'm not super crazy about this game, especially tournament plays. Nothing really sticks out. You know, you could get a slower, slower pace, you know, the, t- the total, like you mentioned. Um, I do like Bam out of Bayou at 7,500. I think he's a solid play. Uh, especially in cash, um, because I think you can kind of build around him. You start to look at some of the other bigs at that price. You know, it's a pretty solid value. And then as far as, like, um, just plugging in some lower salary guys, I like Royce O'Neal at 5000 I think he's got a nice high floor. Um, so for that reason, probably better in cash than GPP. But you could use him for either. Um, and then I didn't jot down the salary, but Cam Johnson, I thought, he's getting a little bit high for his variance, but because of that variance... You could throw him in in a tournament. Um, but again, I think this game in general is a, is going to be a, a little bit of a stay away from me. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Miami's always been a pesky defense. Hard to be able to take too many guys there. But honestly, just Mikhail Bridges continues to not let me down. And I'm, right. I just yeah. love his price tag. I think 7,100 is a, is a great spot for him. And if there's anything to read in, he's done excellently in the three games so far this season against Miami, averaging nearly 45 DK points in the three games that he has there. So, you know, not the not the worst play to look at. I love that price tag in general. And I'm right there with you with Bam Adebayo. I think he's in a good spot not only to be able to kind of continue on the heater he was on for about kind of three games before that uh, kind of Knicks game, which was a little bit down, but it brought his price tag all the way down to 7,500. So a little bit of uh, mitigation there. And in terms of a bit of a dart throw, I do continue to like Gabe Vincent just to be able to throw. He's similar in that kind of same scenario as like a a Kobe White kind of guy for me. It's not like I love being able to jump on him, but he's going to be starting. They clearly have set, sat Kyle to play about you know 20 minutes off the bench now. So he's playing anywhere between 25 to 28 minutes and putting up double-digit shot attempts in that time. So as much as you know his ancillary stats do leave something to be desired, he can easily rack up a quick 15, 16 points, just actual points. So you'll only yeah. need a couple of uh, couple of things on the other side to really make up that value there. Just yep. You got to be living on the edge a little bit with uh, Vincent. A little bit. He can burn, yeah. He actually had a back-to-back at the very end of a season-long uh, fantasy matchup, and I plugged him in. And the game without Lowry, he just did nothing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he can really disappear. But, again, that's that variance is, is something you got to look for. And there you go. That dart throw is just a little bit of everything there. 
But speaking of uh, you know, dart throws, I think I'm going to be darting in on this matchup in terms of actually watching it for this night. I think it's the one I've been most excited for for a little bit. Uh, lots of you know MVP talk, everything else that's coming down. It's really a three-horse race at this point, and two of them are going to be facing off in this matchup here. Milwaukee going into Denver to take on the Nuggets. And uh, no total for this one just as of yet, likely because, uh, one— we're hoping that Chris Middleton does, in fact, get himself back on the floor. We're going to see if he uh, does get there for that matchup. And then, yeah, the rest of it is just kind of finding out what uh, Denver's looking like there. But as far as kind of who I'm liking, we'll jump, jump a little bit on here. Uh, from the Milwaukee side, I do think that this is one of those matchups that you can plug Giannis in. As much as I yeah. kind of find myself, uh, you know, putting him more into either cash scenarios or maybe looking another way because I'm always afraid of how many minutes he ends up playing. I expect this one to be a closer matchup all the way through, and he's likely going to be closer to that kind of 34 to 35 minutes, which is really what you want because his points per minute is absolutely insane. And if there's anything you want to read into previous game, 60 DK points in that one there and only 30 minutes played. So always, uh, always an exciting kind of prospect as far as him playing those minutes. And I do think that if uh, if Chris Middleton, you know, is either either ruled out or if he's uh, you know going to be in any way kind of limited. I do think Drew's price has gotten down to a, to a mm. point where I'm once again interested in him again. He's down sub 8,000. He hasn't been that low since mid-February, right. which is which is excellent from that perspective. And yeah, for him to be 7,800 in a matchup where you know he's not only uh, historically done well, not this season, but historically he's done well in this matchup, but also one there he's again 36 minutes is likely on the cards for him. I like him to be able to kind of take advantage of that. This is going to be a more of a starter-based game than uh, than someone on the bench. At least that's what I'm thinking. Good call. Yeah, it was it was kind of hard finding those those bottom salary guys in this particular game. Um, I do want to ask you though, who do you prefer between Joker at eleven thousand three hundred and Giannis eleven thousand six in both cash and tournaments when you're constructing lineups? Yeah, and I mean I don't think you can go wrong in in terms right. of either way as far as that's concerned. But I do think that one. Uh, I feel like Giannis has something to prove. Just he's kind of been uh, almost like the third man in the MVP talk with Embiid making the run sure. that he has been. I, you know, narrative is everything when it comes to this level of uh, of point of the season. So I think I'll probably be leaning a little bit more towards uh, towards Giannis. But you know, for Joker being 300 less and having pretty much the same kind of same kind of upside, I could see people uh, rolling that side as well. Nice, well vetted answer. Yeah, I'll throw out uh, good old Punch Bob Bobby Portis at 5700. Um, if Middleton sits, especially um, a little more GPP than cash, because mm. you know whenever there's somebody out of the lineup like a usage buck, I think Bobby Portis can really smash. So I, I tend to at that price tag feel like uh, he's he's a nice nice target there. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's great. And I think in that same kind of price range, if you're looking for that variance and hoping to catch the good side of it, Michael Porter Jr. is very much kind of in that same same range there. Uh, he's probably been my like favorite guy to take at 6,000 in a lot of matchups. He just ends up being a guy that uh, kind of plugs into the lineups. And you know that either he's going to give you 20 or he's going to end up giving you 40. So it's just one of yeah. those mm -hmm. things, hoping to catch him on the uh, on the right night there. And uh, just it feels like it might be one of those uh, on this side. And it'll likely be you know, if Portis is the one that is defending him on the other side, I actually like him to be able to kind of stretch Portis out and uh, put a little bit more of that uh, three-point attempts in these uh, in this matchup over here. So let's see how that works out there. It should be an exciting one to watch. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, halfway through the night here, but we're getting into the late-night games. All three of these are uh, 10 p.m. or 10.30 p.m. tip-offs here, so definitely keep an eye out on the injury report. The first one being Philadelphia 
going into Phoenix to take on the Suns over here. Another one where we don't have the total just as of yet. And one likely because we don't know what James Harden's uh, status is looking like. He was ruled out for today's game with his ongoing kind of Achilles soreness injury. I don't know what you want to be able to say it, but hoping he can get on the floor because I have him in one of my season long lineups and I really need him to get past this, uh, this playoff matchup that I'm in. Same. Yeah. Well, on the other side, on Phoenix, we do know that DeAndre Ayton has been uh, ruled out not only for this game, but for the Saturday game as well. So let's say a couple of games on the pine for him. And uh, Kevin Durant, where we got positive news, he'll be back uh, the following Wednesday, but of course does remain out for this game here. So uh, let's start with this one over here. Who are you liking as far as this matchup is concerned? Well, I think a lot of it, like like you did mention, kind of hinges on both Harden and Embiid playing. It's a back-to-back for the Sixers. Uh, so I'm sure we'll see Embiid on that injury report. Uh, I expect him to play, but you still want to keep in mind pivots um, if he doesn't. DeAnthony Melton jumps out three straight games over 40 DK points. One of those was with Harden in the lineup. It was a double double overtime game against the Bulls, but he's going to have a high roster ship. Uh, but for me, he's kind of a cash lock, especially uh, at 5,800 if there's no Harden. So DeAnthony Melton for sure. Interested in Chris Paul at 7,200. Um, a little bit of contrarian play for GPP because it's such a bad matchup um, for point guards going up against uh, the Sixers. And I think people know that. People who play a lot of DFS kind of avoid that. So I don't know. Maybe it's a little cute, but I, but I like them. Um, maybe getting in 10, 15 percent of my lineups. Same with Maxi. Uh, I like pairing him with a mountain cash if there's no Harden, just hammering that. Um, and then Tobias Harris at 6,100. His usage has really spiked when somebody's been out of late. And it kind of like you mentioned with Michael Porter, Bobby Portis. In the price range, these are guys that can kind of give you some separation if they hit. So I like Melton uh, a lot. Chris Paul is a contrarian. Um, Maxi kind of paired with um, Melton. And then a little bit of Tobias Harris, especially if we're going to lose either Embiid or Harden tomorrow night. But I hope we don't lose Harden. Yeah, so, so. hope so too. <laughs> no, but I'm right there with you. I pretty much got the same guys circled off here. Uh, the only other one that I'd add on is uh, similar to what you were speaking about with Royce O'Neal when we were talking about Brooklyn. Uh, we've seen uh, a Torrey Craig pretty much take on yeah. both uh, four and five responsibilities, especially now with DeAndre Eaton out. I expect he's going to be playing somewhere close to 30 minutes in this matchup here as well. Not really a usage monster or anything like that, but he's able to kind of rack up a bit of a varied stat line just by being on the floor there. And for 4,500, you could definitely uh, do a lot worse. And I think at the same in the same kind of area, Landry Sham, it also fits in into that same thing. So again, high high volume shooter, uh, almost like a Gabe Vincent situation again, except right. he's probably going to get a couple more shots because he's probably the better shooter in a, in a team that needs his offense a little bit more. So it's just uh, it's just one of those things. And the fact that uh, he has that kind of dual eligibility with that point guard shooting guard means you can probably fit him in into a couple of different ways as far as your lineups concerned there. I will mention Shake Milton before we go as somebody that I did try playing out. I trotted him out there when, when we got some of the Sixers out of the lineup last game, including McDaniels. Uh, he burned me a little bit, but you know how he can pop off. So somebody I might flirt with a little bit if uh, we get certain rule outs. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to see what that looks like as well. Oh, last two games of the night here, the first one being what is probably going to be the highest point total. We're still uh, kind of waiting on what the final set is. But if there's anything you can bet on with the Sacramento game is that totals are going to be somewhere close to 240 just yeah. every time. And so we got Utah going into Sacramento to take on the Kings here, which should be a fun matchup for them as far as 
injuries are concerned, we do have a couple of things to kind of note here. Both uh, Laurie Markkinen and Jordan Clarkson are confirmed to be out for this game, or at least they were confirmed out for the the Friday game for sure, as far as their hand is concerned. And then we'll have to see uh, what the uh, Saturday side looks like for them as well. While on the Sacramento side, it actually looks like we're getting all systems go here. We got uh, you know Kevin Herter get, getting back onto the floor uh, for this game on Friday against the Suns. So we'll have to see if he comes out on the back-to-back there. But good for Sacramento to get his kind of two-way play back on the floor for them. Uh, as far as you know, Utah's been concerned, it's really just been that like three-headed monster for me. I've just been consistently finding myself with that mid-tier of either Taylor Horton Tucker, Walker Kessler, or Kelly Olenek, depending on how kind of uh, matchups work out for me. And it's kind of been like, I think Horton Tucker has the has the most upside, but he also probably has right. the, the most variability to it. Uh, Kelly yeah. Olenek has kind of just been like that uh, incredibly solid guy in between, while Walker Kessler is, is very much in that same mold as THT, because you can pop off with a big blocks game, and then everything else just kind of works in, in play there. Now, Bigs against Sacramento have kind of been middling as, as far as kind of their performance is concerned. So we'll have to see uh, how Walker Kessler ends up kind of doing there. He hasn't been, you know, had an exceptional season or anything so far against uh, them in the three games already that he's played this season. But as we've seen, his minutes are much, uh, much more now than they were kind of earlier in the season. So if he can get closer to that, uh, you know, 30, 34 minutes as he did kind of uh, earlier about you know, four nights ago against Sacramento there where he ended up with about 33 DK points. Not uh, not the biggest night there, but I think from a cash play perspective, is definitely someone that I'm looking at. Yeah. Uh, just kind of going back to THT, I think he always has more of that kind of GPP side to him because we know if he can have the kind of game that uh, that he's able to where he gets hot early, that's usually where you start to see him getting like 18, 19 shot attempts because you'll just keep going and trying to see how far he can go there. So, yeah, I'll always like uh, that aspect of him there. So let's see what kind of night I find him on. While on the Sacramento side, for me, it's just plain and simple. He's my favorite guard play on the night. Darren Fox at 8,400. I'm going to be taking in quite a few lineups over here. One, because he's just absolutely destroyed Utah all season. They've yeah. had zero answer for him whatsoever. Averaging 52 DK points in the three games that he's played. And in general, has just looked really good back. Like I know in that Boston game, only played 29 minutes because of what the game was. But he himself was looking great there. And in that uh, Utah game earlier, as I said, March 20th, ended up with 57 DK points on that one as well. So just lots to like with that matchup. He's just too quick for anyone that they're kind of putting on there. And Chris Dunn is just going to kind of cry himself to sleep every time he sees Darren Fox in front of him. So we'll see how that works out. Word, yeah. I share your enthusiasm for this matchup, Harris, for sure. Uh, I like getting to a lot of Kelly Olenek in this matchup. A little recency bias. We just smoked the Kings for 47.5 DK points a few days ago. So I think it's an interesting GPP target. He's at the top of that mid-tier price range for power forwards. Looking at the guys below him, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll roll with Olenek. Uh, Fox is the highest salary point guard on the slate, but I agree with you. I think he's worth it. Um, and then I am getting to some Chris Dunn. I like him a little more in GPP, big tournaments due to the variance. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for this one, man. Even Sabonis, um, he's into the 10,000s now, uh, 10,200. I think he's a safe cash building block. Um, but yeah, this is I'm really excited about this game. Um, and I'm all aboard the Fox train and hopefully, you know, the way the Celtics game went as far as, you know, it kind of teetering out at the end, maybe he recharges battery. He has, I'm a huge Fox fan. I follow him very closely. He's looked a little gassed. They've had kind of a crazy schedule, but, but I think, I think he's going to get his mojo back tomorrow. So I'm definitely smashing Fox. Exactly. Three day, uh, three days off for rest as well. So hopefully that uh, yeah. gets him exactly back to 100% and we can know just what the Fox says. 
Right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Let's sneak that in there. There you go. Sneak it right that in there. Well, but sneaking into the last matchup of the night is the Pelicans taking on the Clippers over here. And this is our second one that we do have a total for. So 224 and a half for this one with the Clippers favored to win by four and a half. And uh, the Clippers on a bit of an extended home stretch over here had the two games against the OKC coming into this, but they do get uh, the night off before this one. So hopefully that means that we are going to see kind of the main pieces out there other than, of course, Paul George as far as their roster is concerned, while the Pelicans pretty much look like they're all systems go, except for the fact that uh, Trey Murphy is uh, questionable for this game with his uh, big toe irritation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Under, underdog had it as left great big toe irritation. <laughs> I'm not sure what the great man, but it was in there. <laughs> All right, well, we'll have to see how great he is when he gets back on the floor. But as far as the matchup's concerned over here, I'll let you start with this one. Uh, who are you kind of liking as far as the last one of the night's concerned? I'm going to keep rolling Valanciunas until he shows that this hot streak's over, especially against the Clippers. Uh, we know he tends to light up opposing centers. Um, the Clippers, you know, the, rather the Clippers are a team that, you know, centers can, can exploit. So uh, he's just on an absolute tear. Um, so I'm, I'm still, you know, his roster ship's obviously climbing, um, and he does have the threat of the low minutes hitting at any point. So hopefully that could keep the roster ship at bay a little bit, but I'm still at 7,500. Yeah, I'm still attacking Valanciunas. Um, Kawhi, you know, it's, his salary is getting pretty high, but he has to be considered with Paul George out. Uh, I feel similar with Brandon Ingram. I was, you know, told Keith, I know, was super locked into him um, on the slate where uh, he the Pels were playing the Hornets, and he just he killed it. Um, so he's similar. All the offense is running through him. So I think 8,900 for Ingram. I'll have more of him than Kawhi at the 10,100, but they're both in consideration, and my play of the game is, is Valanciunas. It's kind of an obvious one. It's a layup, but, you know, he's just crushing, and the Clippers so exploitable um, as far as centers taking it to him. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Valentin is definitely in a great matchup over here. And that price tag, until it honestly gets to like mid-8,000s of the level he's playing now, I'm probably going to be taking him most nights than not. Especially, yeah. it, basically, if I decide not to spend up on someone like a Jokic, that's going to leave that kind of center position available for me to kind of exploit. And he's been right up there for me. And at the same time, with Paul George out kind of on a full game, we really got to see what the rest of the rotation is going to start to look like. And Bones Highland today took absolute advantage of that, uh, was able to go ahead and put up a very solid stat line, 37 DK points, played 26 minutes. All of that, to me, is a pretty uh, pretty nice spot for him. I do think he's going to get uh, more and more kind of run on this team. He probably should have. He was one of their bigger acquisitions at the trade deadline, right. and he's kind of been... The Clippers rotation has been a joke. I don't want to get into all of that, but yeah, Bones Highland needs to play it's more. Fair. And yeah, he absolutely should be doing that. And I like him for 4,600 from a GPP perspective and kind of the same uh, situation uh, to me with Terrence Mann as well. Uh, he just needs to kind of get more of a shot going as well. We saw him kind of earlier in the season with uh, with Paul George out when he was getting closer to kind of that 28, 30 minute mark. He was pretty much a lock for kind of the 30 DK points on, on a given night. I think uh, if you want to have you know, a little bit of a a uh, little bit of exposure to him. 5,100 is not you know, the worst price tag to be able to do that, but I'll probably be more interested in kind of that mid-tier rather than going up to either a, a Kawhi or even uh, a Russell Westbrook, just given what they have at the moment. Yeah, that seems sensible. I'll be honest, Harris, the uh, the Bones Highlands um, unleashing today, that one slipped by me. So that's good to hear. That guy can really put up some points. So, you know, if his salary is going to be sub 4,000 and he's getting any run, that's a sneaky one for tomorrow. Yeah, we'll have to see if that kind of plays out. But as far as we know, he's going to be a DNP because that's how uh, Clippers do. That, that is 
<laughs> All right. Well, that does bring us to the end of the five game slate here. So, you know, a nice breezy one to uh, start off your weekend over there. But before we do get ourselves out of here, we do, of course, look at the Thrive Fantasy side of things where you know your daily props are going to be in there to make that lineup and see what looks good to you. And really, there's been a, there was two plays that kind of stood out to me that I do end up liking. And it's probably sticking on brand to what I'm hoping as far as the matchups themselves are concerned. Uh, first one is Giannis. And as much as I would have liked this to also include assists to feel a little bit nicer, but 43 and a half uh, points and rebounds combined for him to go over that to get to a uh, 100 points there. I do like that one, given the fact that I expect this to be a close matchup. Giannis playing 35 to 36 minutes should be able to beat that pretty handily. And uh, I think the last uh, last matchup he had against them he ended up on 53 combined points and rebounds. So yeah, pretty feel pretty good for him to beat that. And then the second one, I think, kind of uh, riding your uh, Chris Paul train over here, just being a little mm. bit a uh, little bit contrarian on it. I do think that he is going to be uh, kind of showing up for this matchup here. 26 and a half points and assists combined to go over that a juicy 115. And yeah, it might be a little bit more kind of variance based on that. But uh, if Chris Paul can get himself going, I do think that a, a potential kind of 18 and 10 night, not too far off from him. Totally agree. Yeah, you snatched snatched the plays right from my hand. So <laughs> with du- double stamp of approval on those. All right. Well, uh, with that, uh, it does bring us to the end of the slate here. Exciting to get that first one out there with Jamie. Hopefully we can get more of these together. I know we've been trying to get everyone to uh, kind of meet up with everyone else within the team as well. But as always, you can catch me on Twitter at HAK underscore devil, where you can talk to me about who you think is going to be your favorite kind of point guard pick of the night, who are the values that you're looking at. And you know, people reach out to me on DMs all the time and uh, tell me about their uh, their successes with some of their picks. So I love that. Keep that engagement going. Definitely reach out to me. And Jamie, where can the good people find you? Yeah, you can catch me on Twitter at QuanoPhysics. That is the handle. Flying J is the name. Also, you can reach out to me at the Projecting the Jump podcast Twitter page. Um, I'm always trying to put stuff out on that. We just dropped a new episode yesterday. Focuses on the silly season heroes, you know, <laughs> the players that are, that are changing things in season long and also helpful to the DFS player. So check that out. Um, and also just thanks to everybody on the Ethos team just for being so welcoming. This has been a pleasure and I'm looking forward to, to many more. Love it. Love it. Glad, glad to have you here. And uh, we'll, I'm sure the uh, listeners are loving having your opinions on this side as well. But that does bring us to the end. Let's go ahead and kill some of these GPPs. Enjoy your Friday night. We'll see you guys on the rest of the weekend. All right. Go get it, everyone.